Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to see all of you here and your smiling faces. Um, I just want to share a little bit about the start of this year. From our vantage point and our point of view, we have been very encouraged just to see not only the ministry that's taken place, but like Tammy said, some of the healing that's been taking place, the unity within the body. I think some of you that have been to some of these events like First Fruits, 21 Days of Prayer, uh, 21 Days of Prayer Worship Night, you're just seeing this, this organic, natural unity of the body. And it's not anything any of us are doing, uh, but it is Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, we're coming under his headship as a church, as a body, not just as a fellowship, but as a body. And we are just very encouraged in that. Uh, we are seeing testimonies. We're just seeing a lot of good things. In fact, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Rich and I met with a group of pastors a couple weeks ago in Warren. And just to hear uh, what's happening around the community, it's so good because there's so much negative out there, as we all know. But we are very encouraged and we stand here uh, today enlightened and brightened and, and ready to go. Uh, I know Jordan already did this, but it's in my notes and I'm going to do it again. Um, we ha heard an amazing testimony last week, and I just wonder if you can stand with me. Uh, we just want to honor Dorothy um, and Rich again for all their faithfulness. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, I know. We give all the glory to Jesus, but we honor you as people. And as mighty oaks of this fellowship, you've yeah. committed many, many years to this, and we just thank you. Thank you, thank you. Amen. You can all sit down. <clears throat> so kind of where we're at, uh, we wrapped up the 21 days of prayer uh, here a couple, I guess it was last Sunday. Uh, man, that was, seems like so long ago, <laughs> but here we are. So we wrapped that up uh, with a worship night for those of you that were here. That was a great uh, night in the Lord. And then this past Thursday, as a fellowship, we wrapped up our corporate fast uh, that we were doing for those of you that participated in that. I don't know why they call it fast. It's anything but fast, right? Crazy, crazy. Slow going. Well, as Jordan said, uh, we are AJ and Tammy Mays, for those of you that don't know us. Uh, we've been serving here in the fellowship for about five years, and it is good um, just to be able to talk to you today. I was talking with someone not too long ago that hadn't been here in a while, and they were watching uh, Jordan and Kira teach, and he came to me and he said, dude, he goes, I haven't been here in a while, but I thought you lost a bunch of weight. And got a bunch of tattoos. And your wife got a bunch of tattoos. <laughs> And I said, well, I've been married to this woman for 17 years. I've studied the map that God has given her, and I can guarantee you that she doesn't have any tattoos. Okay? And furthermore, I'm not losing any weight, so I, let's just get that straightened up. We're the mazes, they're the Spencers. Oh, my gosh, okay. what a riot. We are going to be looking at Ephesians 2. Um, today. Ephesians 2, so if you can turn there, um, and as in my traditional way, I just like to give you guys a couple tips. 
uh, from up here. And in the spirit of breaking the fast this week, I thought I'd tell you um, some tips along that line, okay? So, so here we go. Um, I went grocery shopping on an empty stomach. I'm now the proud owner of aisle four. How to prepare tofu. Step one, throw it in the trash. <laughs> Step two, grill some meat. I'm sorry, Sandy. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, one more. Husbands, what? if your wife is getting upset, just calmly tell her that she is overreacting. It'll work every time. She will realize that you are correct, and she will quickly calm down. <laughs> and if you believe that, you won't very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better get on track here. So Jordan mentioned we're in the core values series. So up here it says vision, mission, values. If you go back and watch uh, New Year's Eve service, Jordan and Kier kind of rolled out a vision uh, for the church for the new year. Uh, the next week, they took some time to talk about mission. And so then Julie Beter came and started talking about the core values. Core values are the beliefs that the leadership here, we believe that we've heard from God, and we just want to teach on the 10 core values that, that we have here uh, listed. And if you've got a paper with these, I'm just going to rattle them off real quick. So Julie Beter talked about one king. Today, we're going to talk about one house. There's one truth, one spirit, one family, one gospel, one church, one bride, one heart, and one kingdom. So from now until leading up to Easter, you're going to be hearing teachings on all these core values. And I would encourage you to come out, uh, bring your friends out to this, because this is what we believe is important. And we just want to teach this to uh, the fellowship here going forward. So this is where we're at. We're in the core values uh, series, and today we're talking about one house. I don't think we can teach this whole concept of one house without reading Psalm 127. And I know you don't have it in there, Natalie, but that's okay. We're going to read this verse, and it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. That is first. If we don't agree on that, you know, we're lost. But praise the Lord, we do, okay? We agree that God is building this house, and that's where we're going to start in the foundation. So we celebrate that. And this has been one of our life verses. God spoke this to us a few years ago, I believe. I don't even know if, were you working here yet? But it was just laid on our hearts that, God is the provider, and he's the master builder. And he was really speaking us to about work, you know, laboring in vain. And unless God builds it, there's no reason for us to be toiling away. So, obviously, we believe God has built this house, and he is continuing to build this house. And he is continuing to raise up a people, a one church, one bride for himself. Amen. When Julie started this series, she said a couple things that I want to repeat. I want to reiterate those with you. And I believe that the two things that she said can apply to all ten of these values. So as we go through these, hopefully our pastoral team 
will keep uh, bringing this back up because I think it's an important uh, thing that she said. She said, if you haven't seen Jesus, then you'll have a hard time believing this value. That was the first thing she said. The second thing she said was, if you don't know who you are, then you're also going to have a hard time digesting, comprehending, comprehending, Com comprehending, thank you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so know Jesus, know ourselves, and that forms our belief system. That's what we're talking about today. I also think we would be a total miss today. I don't think any of you have your core value papers with you. Um, so we have it on the screen here. We're actually going to read the core value together. So if you can put that up there for us, Natalie. Okay. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. It's okay. Take your time. Okay. Maybe it's not. All right. It's all right. It's from, um, well, it's not a Bible verse, but it is one of the Bible verses that is very integral to this particular core value is Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. And this is the core value. It's to cultivate a sacred dwelling for God's transformational presence through prayer, worship, and living our lives upon the altar. So in a room this size, I'm just going to take a guess. Some of you read that and you're like, yes, I know exactly what that means. I know exactly where we're going. I've been waiting for this for years. Here we go. Let's get on board. Let's go. I had no idea. And half of you might be like, well, I, I understand some of those words. And some of you are like, I have no idea. What did we just say? Anybody relate yeah, to that? I, I did. Okay, let's read it again now that we have it on the screen. Go ahead. To cultivate a sacred dwelling for God's transformational presence through prayer, worship, and living our lives upon the altar. And so we just took some time to dissect that and really put it in language that I could better understand. I was going to say we, but I feel like he probably was fine with it. Um, <laughs> um, and so what we kind of came up with is to create a time and a place where God's tangible manifest presence can come and change our lives through prayer, worship, and dying to self through repentance, surrender, and sacrifice. Now, I know that's a lot, but it was just it's just dissecting that a little bit in bite-sized pieces, and we're kind of going to go through that. That's what we're going to We're going to dissect that and really talk about each part individually so we can really get a hold of what this core value means. Amen. Now, this is a house, okay? We've created this sacred dwelling for God. And I just want to hit on this real quickly today, that there's a practical side of this value, okay? How many of you know we live in the Northeast? It would not be a wise idea for us to say, hey, we're going to meet outside for the next 365 days, Correct. It's minus four degrees. We have a wind chill. So we have a building. We have a dwelling that we come into. Okay, this is the practical side of this. There's finances involved, which the finance team is going to get up and share with you uh, in a few weeks here at the family meeting. But we got to keep the heat on. We got to put lights in. We got to have sound systems. You wouldn't have any idea what we're saying. 
So you know what I'm saying? There's a practical side to this house core value. So I want to mention it, but I don't want to get stuck there because it's so much more of an eternal uh, value, okay? So let's read um, that in Ephesians, uh, starting at verse 19. There we go. I will read it. Um, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of this household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, which Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Amen. 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 That's so good. I kind of just feel like, and we're done. <laughs> so good. Yeah. No, you're fine. <laughs> this is strange. I've, we've taught before, but not recently, so. Um, I'm glad you're up here, by the way. It's good. Um, <laughs> so we just want to pick that apart a little bit today, just kind of break it down. The first part there, I, I interpret that a little bit as when we come to Jesus, we're no longer strangers to him. We become friends. He desires this fellowship with us, this intimate time where we can, we can come together with him, sit across the table, from him, as we've been talking about in the last few weeks. I just think that's really important. Also, I pull out of there, we don't have to do this alone. We are in relationship, not only with him, we're in relationship with each other. We're building relationships, we're cultivating relationships with one another. It's very important. We are members of one house. And we've been saying that a lot, but it's his household that we belong to. We now have a purpose and a meaning. We're not just out wandering around aimlessly. You know, Jordan talks a lot about getting the ship on trajectory, on the course which God has us to. We're not just aimlessly spinning around, wandering around, but we now have an actual course, an intentional place where we're headed. And we have a mission, and we're part of his family. It also talks a little bit about the history there. When we become friends with Jesus, we're entering in to a faith that has such a rich history. If we read the Bible, we can see all of those historical things, places, people, events. If we study that, we really get to know who God is. So we're entering into a faith that has a history and a foundation. Generation after generation of those who believed in and even those who walked with Jesus. The verse says apostles, disciples, prophets, with Jesus at the head. And when we come together in unity, we've been talking a lot about unity the last few weeks. Paul is telling us, you too are being built together and becoming a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So God lives here. But he also lives here, and we, when we come together, we're in that one family or that one house. 
This isn't just something that we do on Sunday. But when, when we're in our own house, we also have that opportunity to cultivate this in our family relationships. So one house here, one house here, one house here. It's all connected. It's all connected. Okay, this big word. I'm going to say it right this time. Transformational presence. I said it right? All right, good job. <laughs> it seems like a big phrase to comprehend and get a hold of. But just go on a journey with me for a second. Picture the disciples. These weren't the cream of the crop. They weren't the best of the best. They weren't anything special to the world. But they were the 12 that Jesus chose to be with him. And when they spent time with him, when they learned from him, when they asked him questions, they were constantly in his presence. They were constantly in this place of learning. And they were forever changed by the time that they spent with him. They weren't changed by the environment or the circumstances or the water or the boat. They were changed by him and his presence. That's transformational presence to me, is spending time with Jesus so that we can change and become even more like him. But even through all that, I can stand up here and give you a bunch of goals of this house. Oh, in five years, we're going to do this. And in 10 years, we're going to do this. And I can spew out all these goals about where we're going and where we're heading. But I don't want to miss the journey that God has for us, trying to get so quickly to the destination. Does that make sense? So in all of this teaching that we're going to do over the next eight weeks of these values, these are great concepts and they're great values to have, but God so desires to be on a journey with us. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 says, A house is built by wisdom, and it is established by understanding. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. When this building is built, I mean, I don't know if this is possible, but boom, snap our fingers, there's a building. That's nice, we have a building. But we would have missed all of that time, right, Dave? How much time did you spend here? How, how did you cultivate relationships building this building? You know what I'm saying? It was a journey to get here. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't miss out on the opportunity of the journey just to get to the destination. Because there's so much more to that time that we're putting in there. And and if I may interject, it's really about in the journey, God wants to build character in us. And if we skip ahead, skip steps, we're going to miss the foundational core things that he wants to build in us to take us to where he wants us to go. And we'll just miss the whole thing. So, yes, he's so involved in the journey. And he that's his heart for to just walk with us hand in hand. If it was about just getting to the end, he would have just zoomed us past everything. But he really wants to teach us and make us more like him, and, and that is, is part of the journey. On Thursday, um, 
my car was getting worked on. It was in the shop. So I knocked on Jordan's door and said, hey, man, my car's done. Can you give me a ride to the shop? He goes, yeah, no problem. If we just would have quickly been teleported to that destination, boom, and then back again, we would have missed out on all that time, all that time that we got to share and talk with each other. And I said, man, I know this is tough, but you're, you're on this journey of creating a culture shift and a culture change. We were just able to talk back and forth. That's the kind of journey that I'm talking about. So getting back to the value, can you put the value up there one more time, please? So we have a visual. Thank you. So to cultivate a sacred dwelling for God's transformational presence through, all right, here we are in the next part, prayer. Oh, man, th this value could take a whole series <laughs> to talk about, man. I'm looking at the clock going, man, we better move it along here. We know as Christians how important this is, right? And I, we could take a whole message and talk about just prayer. But I want to highlight just a couple things along here that, that God's been showing me lately. If we don't pray, as Christians, if we don't pray, it is very, very costly. When we don't pray, that creates lack in our life. And things will start to move into that void where we don't put prayer in. So prayer is essential, right? We know this, but we have to do it. We can't miss it. God doesn't want us to live from lack. He wants us to live a life out of abundance, right? We know the verse. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come that you have life and have life more abundantly. We know that verse. He wants us. That's his desire. He wants us to live a life abundantly. But when we don't pray, that creates this void of lack and other things fill that up. Third thing I want to talk about prayer. Whew, I think I missed something here, didn't I? No, you're doing you're doing super great. Okay. Super great. Super great. Let's do this because I'm dying. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do it? Sure. I'm chomping at the bit. So pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Oh, that's a good one. So good, right? How easily are we misled when we don't spend time with the Father? Because we don't know his heart and we are not looking at his face, right? And we're letting either our flesh guide us or Satan comes in because he's sneaky. He's a sneaky one. So sneaky, right? Pray so that you don't fall into temptation, Many of the battles that we're fighting could actually be avoided if we would have been praying. A lack of prayer can create battles that we didn't even need to fight in the first place. Sometimes we can create our own battles. Sometimes Satan does it, but sometimes we create it ourselves. So if we're facing a battle, God has given us the tools to fight that battle. So let's put ourselves back in the disciples' shoes uh, for another second. We already said that they spent time with Jesus. They were in this transformational presence atmosphere. They were just hanging out with Jesus. They were being changed, right? But out of all the things that they watched Jesus do, raise people from the dead, 
heal blind eyes, heal deaf ears. What was the one, I shouldn't say that, what was one of the questions that they asked him to teach them? How to pray. Amen. Luke 11, it says, Lord, teach us how to pray. And what was his response? Lord's Prayer. Let's put it up there. Let's read that together. We don't do this enough. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And I know you want to add to that, so I go do. ahead. What? What do you know? I don't want to add to that. You're not adding to that? No, I, you know what? I'm restraining myself. I'm doing good. <laughs> okay. You just keep on your prayer. I'm not going to, or keep on your talking of prayer. <laughs> don't let, listen, I'm not going to sidetrack you at this point. You're on a roll. <laughs> on earth as it is in heaven. We're cultivating a dwelling place, cultivating a place where the Spirit of God can rest in here, in here, and in here, on earth as it is in heaven. Don't be afraid to recite that over and over and over again. Last thing I want to say on prayer before we move on to the next concept, prayer shouldn't just be us sitting here begging for God to change the situation, to invade the situation. It's supposed to be us joining with the Father, seeing his heart, and speaking things into our environments to see his will be done on this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Are we going to face hard times? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what some might see as a crisis we can see as an opportunity to bring the presence of the Lord into that situation through prayer. And in ways that we'd never saw it before. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick. Sometimes we can get stuck in a rut in our prayer life of only coming to the Father when we have a crisis, when we have a problem, instead of coming before him just to be with him and to hear what's on his heart, right? So... Let us be. Lord, help us. <laughs> All right, we almost have it memorized, right? To cultivate. I don't have it memorized. Go ahead, put it up there. <laughs> to cultivate a sacred dwelling place for God's transformational presence through prayer, worship. Man. All right, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Is this you or me? Okay. Through worship, man, we could take years and talk about this, couldn't we? Worship, we have as a culture really skewed this word of worship. Okay, worship is way more than this, what you see up here. Worship is way more than this, what we're doing this morning. This right here is an overflow of what we should be doing all week long. This isn't just 10 minutes of our meal that we're coming to eat. This should be happening all week long in our homes, with our children, with our kids. Worship. It's so much more than music, okay? 
I know come I've already with before. our lamps full or our lamps full of oil, yes. right? Come already full. Amen. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> You've heard me teach on this many times, but worship is a lifestyle. It's not just music. It's not just, you know, something we do here on Sunday. This is a lifestyle. We live to worship. We were created for worship, and we worship our creator. I'm going to skip that and come back to it. I'm going to read you this quote. It says, we can worship according to God's word, and we will bring life to the relationships and circumstances in our lives, or we can pursue the wisdom of men, which leads to death and decay. We sang about it this morning. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I've leaned on the wisdom of men. It's not the way to do it. Worship is for God only. It's only for him. When we start to put worship in a box, then we can package it. We can produce it. Worship is not a style of music. Okay? <laughs> it's so much more than that, though. Yes, I know what you're saying. People are going to be like, but I listen to worship music. Yes, you do. Yes. But, but it is so much, so much more, more than, than that. that. I was just helping the literal people out there, black and white. Thank you know you. what I mean? That's our daughter. Thank you. <laughs> I want to read you these lyrics of this song. We've never sang it here before, but it's called Preference. But we want to really bad. <laughs> what if it doesn't look like what I thought it would? What if you come in ways I didn't know you could? Offend my mind to reveal my heart, God. I don't want to worship my preference anymore. Right here, if you walked in this room, would I even recognize you? And would I want you to stay? Or would I just reason you away? Don't just come how I want you. Come how you are. What if it doesn't look like what I thought it would? What if you come in ways I didn't even know you could? We, we sang it this morning. Come in new ways. Come in ways that I didn't know you could come. It's not about how I want you to be here. It's about how you are. It's not my preference. It's how you're just going to come into the situation. And when we worship, we are preoccupied with God. We have a lot of distractions, people. Even during the worship service, we have a lot of distractions. But God longs for this place where it's just Him and us. Him and us. We can't fill that space in with anything else when He's occupying it. When we worship, we are preoccupied only with God. There was a devotional read here not too long ago. It said, we can't worship and worry at the same time. You can't put anything else in that place. If God is seated in that place, we can't put anything else in there. Once he's there, he's taken over. Worship is not for people. It's for God. And all this that we're talking about today, this is our choice. 
God gave us all free will. He gave us all a choice to make through this process of this value. This is a very familiar voice verse to us, excuse me. But in Joshua 24, verse 15, it says, If it is unacceptable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hmm. Yes, and we kind of already touched on how the house is like this, this, these four walls and the house is in us and within our own immediate families is our house. And we choose this day to serve the Lord. Yes. Um, this, this is. Oh. <laughs> okay. Knowing their thoughts, this is Matthew twelve twenty three, and it says, Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. Man, if we would just listen to that advice, it's actually a lot easier said than done a lot of the times. Um, this house, particularly PF, we have gone through so much. And we have at times been a house divided that was barely standing only by the grace of God. But that's not thriving. That's not growing. That's, that's really not a place that we want to be. And by God's sheer grace and mercy and unfailing love, he has brought us back to a place of unity with each other. And unity within the community and within within the people within these four walls and within the leadership and within ourselves and our homes. And we are just so grateful. But if there's great division in the house through conflict, strife, or massive differences of opinion that aren't covered in love, the house can't thrive and won't grow and won't be able to withstand trial, won't be able to withstand attacks from the enemy and the hard things that happen in life. And this grieves the Father. Because it says also in Romans 12, if it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Life first over there. Life first over there. Right? And I was just like, yes, Lord, okay. I see it now. But <laughs> kind of goes down to that place of where we were being deceived, right? Where we were letting the enemy sneak in. But <clears throat> all of this to say, to create a time and a place where the God's tangible, we're going to repeat this again so you can hear it in these words, the value, the core value again of one house, to create a time and a place where God's tangible manifest presence can come, a dwelling place, that's the house, the dwelling place, that change our lives through prayer, worship, and dying to self through repentance, surrender, and sacrifice. This house divided, this live peaceably with all men, that's, that's dying to self. That's dying to self. That's living a life of surrender to him. That's living a life of repentance. When we are not living peaceably, right, we need to offer that up to the Lord. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So let's read it again. We're almost to the end of the it, right? The real so value. The real value. To cultivate a sacred dwelling for, for God's, God's transformational presence through prayer, worship, and, and living our, our lives upon the altar. altar. And I really want to talk about that living our lives upon the altar part. God has, over the past like six months, seven months, God has really been taking me through a journey of trial by fire and inner healing and all the things. And I have really been learning to die to self. It's not always daily, right? Sometimes we got, we hold on to that one. <laughs> but Lord Jesus, help me. But I'm learning. He's perfecting me. I'm in the process. I'm on the journey, right? But where he's teaching me not only to die to myself, but to live a life upon the altar, which really is surrender, repentance, and sacrifice. And the word altar is a noun, and it means a structure used for sacrifices. See, that's where we're getting that word sacrifice. Because... I want to say, um, according to the Bible, the fire on the altar. This was just said, you just said this. And I was like, ah, we have that in our notes. The fire on the altar was lit directly by the hand of God, and it was not permitted to go out. That's in Leviticus. It was not permitted to go out. That it can so be relative to our lives. Like, we can take that, that verse, and we can apply it to our lives now by saying, God, the fire of God in our hearts, don't. We don't want it to go out. And that's partly our responsibility. You know, God is amazing. And we, when we ask him, he will come and meet us. But it is our responsibility to be in the word, to be worshiping, to be praying, and to be surrendering ourselves daily and to be dying to ourselves and be saying, God, this is our sacrifice. This is our, what we submit to you, Lord, do not let the fire go out in us. That's on us to really put that time in. And it, God says, I'll meet it. Right? Well, I'm trying to think of that, ver that, that saying that it's like, I think there's a song about it. It's like, I, I will bring the sacrifice, you bring the fire. Oh, so good. Okay. Right, I'll provide the sacrifice, you'll provide the fire. Thank you. That's so good. So good. Okay. So, oh, it's still me. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. Um, this is another verse in Galatians, chapter 5.22. And at first when AJ read this, he's like, I don't really see how this fits. And I was like, I don't either. I don't know why I put it in there. And then we got to the bottom. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, here it is. So just bear with me. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that's where the dying to self, the crucified, the flesh, this is like, oh, this is daily. Like I said, this, this, is, this has to be daily. Like I know we're going to make mistakes and 
it's not going to be every day, but our, we have to have it set forth in our minds that this should be what we're attaining for. This should be what we're, I don't want to say striving. I'm just trying to find another word. But it should be what we're pursuing is daily. That's a good word, pursuing. Yeah. We should be pursuing it daily. Mm. This is me? Yeah. So I know that was a lot of information uh, kind of packed into, you know, half hour or so. But I just want to encourage you again. We're going to go through all these core values. You're going to be hearing from all of the pastoral team. Um, so you'll be hearing from Kira, from Jordan, from Rich, and even from Ann Van Houten. Yay! Um, <laughs> um, so we're going to kind of wrap this up um, today, and we're going to do communion here in a second. But I just want to share this crazy uh, vision with you. And um, I know that as a pastoral staff, we were meeting and talking about this, and you know, they're like, what are your ideas on one house? And, you know, we shared a little bit of ours. And uh, Rich is going to talk next week on one truth. So he was talking a little bit about his and et cetera. And um, I, I kind of jokingly said, you know, we'll have a couple jokes. We'll have a sports analogy in there. And everybody started laughing. And then Kira said, well, if it's led by the Holy Spirit, then, you know, go for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just bear with me a minute here. I know it's football season. Okay, I know most of you in this room are sad. Um, I don't even see Dwayne. He's probably working. But most of you are sad about, you know, what happened. But listen. The Bills <laughs> lost. You should have been here worship night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so believe it or not, I, okay, let's get serious. I used to play football. I know that sounds really weird. You're like, you're not even mean. Like, how are you going to play football? <laughs> In fact, my, mom's, my mom always said I quit playing football because I wasn't mean enough. But I didn't anyway. know that was a criteria requirement, but okay. <laughs> so when I played football, we had this play, a specialized play called Bring the House. Okay? I like it already. You like it already? <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that know football, you, you might know where this is going. But for those of you that don't know football, I'm just going to explain it a little bit. So Bring the House was a specialized play for the defense to, for every single defensive man to blitz the quarterback. It's kind of like a suicide mission because you don't know what's going to go on behind you. It's kind of a gamble for everyone to attack the ball, right? We're just bringing the house. We're sending every single person that we have towards the ball, and we're not worrying about what's behind us. So as we were studying this week and praying into this, I just got this picture of this house coming together in unity. And when there's a problem, when somebody's going through something, when we know there's a need, we put it on Facebook, and just like that, we have a whole office full of stuff to give away to a family. We're bringing the house. You catching that? We're coming together in unity. We're banding together as brothers and sisters under the headship of Jesus, and we're bringing the house for his glory, for his glory. I love that so much. <laughs> I just want to be like, bring the house. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting excited. <laughs> so I know that wasn't a very good ending for you, but that's our ending. So take it or leave it. Bring the house and we're going to take communion together. You know what I mean? Yeah.